grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's exactly what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And we continue in this new series from Pastor Sean called Rethinking Impossible. So do you have a faith to move mountains? Jesus challenged his followers to believe for the impossible. So what are the qualities of mountain-moving faith? And how far away are we from doing what we might consider impossible? The message today is called Mountain-Moving Faith. Put a marker in Matthew chapter 17. It's time for Reaching for Real Life. Literally, as you begin to walk in faith and you begin to trust the Lord and you begin to take steps of faith and you see God work, it's where eventually you start to go, wait a minute, I have seen it. Well, I didn't maybe necessarily physically see the hand of God. I've seen the results of his hand so many times that my faith is now based on what I've actually experienced and seen. It's building faith through walking with him, trusting him, and seeing what happens. Faith is powerful. It is transformative. It is the atmosphere of the kingdom of God. Our whole salvation, we believe that God is. We believe that we need him. Our sin separates us. He sent Jesus Christ. His death on the cross can pay the penalty for our sins, did pay the penalty for our sins. And if we put our faith, our belief in him, we'll have eternal life. Faith is how we look at the world, and it changes everything, everything that we see. Now, note the phrase that Jesus brought in Matthew 17. Why couldn't we drive the demon out, the disciples asked him. He said to them, because of the littleness of your faith. The translation I used here is the New American Standard. When I studied the scripture, I used three translations predominantly. I used the English Standard Version, very good, strong translation, the NIV, New International Version. And I used the New American Standard which is pretty much a, it is, in, in my opinion, one of the most scholarly, it is a very literal kind of textual translation from the original languages. So it's very helpful in study. And so while the other translation said, because of your little faith, which is fine, that's a good translation, it can be misleading. What the New American Standard said, which is, again, the most literal, it said the littleness of your faith. Because I want to suggest to you, Jesus' statement regarding the faith is a comment about the quality, not the quantity of their faith. The quality. He's saying you have a small faith. Not that you don't have enough faith, but that you have a small faith. Mark added a piece of the story that I think is so helpful and informative. In Mark chapter 9, 22, we see the father talking to Jesus. Here's what he says. And it is, talking about this demon, it is often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. So the first part is like a question. If, what do you mean if? All things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. I love that. That's my favorite prayer in scripture. You're like, all the great prayers in scripture, that's your favorite? I mean, Jesus in John 17, his high priestly prayer, this is the one you go to. That is my favorite because it is so raw and honest. Jesus says, all things are possible to him who believes. So the guy goes, I believe. And then he realizes he's talking to Jesus and I probably can't bluff him because he's like the Lord. I believe. Okay, help my unbelief. Okay, he went from aspirational prayer to an honest prayer. And do you know how powerful and important that is? I love that prayer. And obviously Jesus did too. 
because he healed the man's son and set him free. I believe, help my unbelief. And what is so important, what we don't want to just brush over, is note where the man asks for help. Note what what it all boils down to. I believe. That's about me. The second is really about, I don't believe well enough. But Jesus, you can help me. Help my unbelief. And he focuses on Jesus. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down because it's so important. It is the object of your faith, not the amount that moves mountains. It is the object of your faith, not the amount that moves mountains. Mountains. This is not a passage about, boy, if you have a little more faith, then you're going to see some great things. It is the object of your faith, not the amount that moves mountains. In fact, the whole point of this illustration is it is not about the amount of faith. It's a mustard seed. Jesus intentionally picked the smallest, minuscule little thing that they could all easily, readily relate to. And he's not sitting there saying, if you have a mustard seed of faith, you can move that mountain. Imagine if you ever get an avocado seed of faith, what you could do. Wow, you could move the world. That is not what Jesus is saying. I mean, but that's how we've applied it. That's how some people apply it. It's like, well, I I haven't ever moved a mountain, so I guess I have less than a mustard seed of faith. i got to go work on it harder. It becomes all about me. My positive mental attitude, my, my mustering up my faith, my determination. Why are we always like that? Why do we always make it about us? Faith is the exact opposite. It is nothing about us. And mountain-moving faith is no exception. It is the object, object of your faith, not the amount that moves mountains. Even the smallest amount of true confidence in Jesus and in our Heavenly Father can move mountains. Because understand something. He's the one who moves the mountains, not us. It's not us mustering up the willpower, faith, to move the mountain. It's him moving the mountain. That's the whole point. So the question, before we even go on, is what mountains does God want to move for you and I? Think about that. Because we've all got them. What obstacle is there between you and what God you know has for you or God wants for you? What obstacle is there between what God wants for your family? That you're like, it's too big. It's impossible. Between what God wants from you in in the context of your work and your vocation, it's it's too big. What obstacle is it? That's just sitting there. You just go, there there is no way. Interesting point. Um, When he said, you, with a mustard seed of faith, say to that mountain over there, uh, move and it'll be moved. You know what mountain he was talking about, obviously, in context of the story? The mountain that he'd just been transfigured on. I wonder if when he said that, if those three disciples who were with him, when he said, with a mustard seed of faith, you look at that mountain, which they would never see as the same again. That was the mountain of the glory of God. What if God wants your obstacle to become the very place where his glory is manifest and made known? 
What if the thing that is standing between you and what God has for you, and it's an obstacle that's too big and seems impossible, is exactly what God intends to become the mountain of his transfiguration in your life? Where he actually becomes glorified, and you see him differently because of what you walk through with him. And all of a sudden, your faith is no longer paper faith that you memorized, but your faith becomes real faith because I saw him. I saw what he did. I experienced his presence in the midst of that obstacle. See, I do believe he wants to move mountains for you and I. I believe he wants his glory manifest in and through us. The question is, will we learn to walk in mountain-moving faith? Will we rethink impossible? A few observations about mountain-moving faith. Number one, mountain-moving faith is focused on the Father. Always. Mountain-moving faith is always focused on the Father. It's never about us. It's never about how much we can muster up. It is always about Him. When we say it is the object of your faith, He is the object of our faith. Hebrews 11.6 And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Now remember, we read the first few verses about faith. Verse 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, makes perfect sense, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Seek Who seek what? Who seek whom? Him. See, the problem is we try to, with faith, we walk in faith, and we seek kind of the removal of that obstacle, our focus on the obstacle. Faith, our focus is not on the obstacle. It's on him. When that father said, I do believe, help my unbelief, he was tuned right into Jesus. That's why the object of his faith was crystal clear. And his faith was real. It was authentic. It was raw. Because he had Jesus squarely in his eyes. Desperate faith. Sometimes the obstacle is our, the object of our gaze. Or maybe, kind of worse yet, whatever, is our desired outcome. Maybe it's what it'll be like when that obstacle's moved and we're just, you know, kind of thinking about that and it's like my desired outcome is what I'm obsessing with and that's what my faith is based on and just know anything like that, it's not real faith because it's not focused on the Father. Real faith is always like, God, I look to you, I see you and I know who you are. And I guess the challenge that I have for us is we have to have a big view of God and I'm afraid too many of us have allowed cultural things and kind of this weird hybrid to develop in the context of our faith. Because we live in a world that constantly tells us either that God isn't real or that he's irrelevant either way. Either he's not real or he doesn't matter. And so we merge those things together and we kind of, that's how we walk and live. And it leads to a small view of God. I just want to say, That's why this gathering is so critical for us. Because we need one place in our life where we regularly gather, not just online or not just... We need to gather with real people in this kind of gathering or in our community groups and look other people in the face who say, you know what, God is bigger. And always remind us to have a big view of God. He's the creator. All this stuff that we see, this physical stuff, it's all real. Uh, But it's not the original. It all came from our creator. We need to be reminded. We need our faith built by one another ministry. And this is when we take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro 
a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church, in this series called Rethinking Impossible, as found on the sermons page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue to help others just like you. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. And back to the message, Mountain Moving Faith. This is Reaching for Real Life. See, faith in its very nature is designed to draw us to Father, to this relationship of trust. That's the whole point. It's not the particular things that, that we want to get done. The point is always to draw us to Him. That story where that father ran to Jesus on his knees before Jesus, I believe help my unbelief exactly the way it should work draw us to him that's the point that's the gift of our salvation we sang holy spirit you are welcome here that's what we're talking about that's the point all the other stuff is just god's lessons and growing along the way seeking to know him that's the whole point mountain moving faith is always focused on our father And remember, it's the object of your faith, not the amount that moves mountains. Second, mountain-moving faith listens for his voice. This is really significant, because this is where we get get twisted. Mountain-moving faith listens for his voice. You see, since it's about him and our focus is on him, it is not about what I want, but what he wants. And this is where so many of us get twisted, because we've turned God into a genie in a bottle. We've turned faith into opening the bottle and getting what we want. God, I want this. God, I want that. And you're here to kind of give me everything I want, aren't you, God? And God's like, "Uh, no. I created you. You don't even know what you want. God's word is very simple. Trust me and know that I want the very best for you. Whether you understand it at the time or not, what I want for you is real life, authentic, vibrant, and real not the treadmills that you get yourself hung up on. So it is not about what I want. We so often pray, God, I want to have faith for this. Do this, God. Do this, God. When I will tell you, the best prayers of faith are always begin with, God, what do you want to do? Have you ever stopped to do that? God, what do you want to do? Yeah, but my relative is sick. God, what are you doing in their life? What is your desire? Because I believe, the scripture tells us to pray for healing. But understand something about healing. It's a long-term process, and healing is never a way to avoid death because every person Jesus healed in Scripture ultimately died. Right? We understand that. 
So we don't have any rose-colored glasses here. We know that God works all kinds of different ways. And so when we have faith, our focus is on the Father, and now we're listening for his voice, our prayers of faith, our best prayers of faith start with a question, Lord, what are you doing? Lord, what do you want to accomplish? Because I'm a person of faith. I trust you. I have a big view of you, God. I want to align with what you're doing. And that is transformative. Now you are walking on the journey and the path of faith. That's powerful. John, 1 John 5, 14 and 15, great passage about prayer. This is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we've asked of him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. That's powerful. We use the example of healing. I've often, I've come to believe really that the gift of healing, you know, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the gift of healing. I really believe that spiritual gift is the ability to discern what God wants to do in regard to healing and pray that and stand in agreement and then see God work. It begins with this understanding of, God, what, what are you doing? What are you saying? Oh, okay, that's how I'm going to pray. And it's powerful, and he tells us to pray for things like that. But it's so different when you say, wait a minute, I'm surrendering my will to you, to you, Lord, because I trust you. I know that you want the best. I know that you can bring about the best. And so I am putting myself in your hands and I surrender my will to what you want. And then I listen for his will. You know, it always comes down. There's no quick and easy way to listen. Quickest, the way we learn to listen is prayer and the word. Prayer and the word. I mean, you become a person of the word. You become a person who knows what God has said, what God values. You become a person who understands what his voice sounds like. You pray, you begin to understand what his voice sounds like to you, what his stirrings begin, because you're interacting, you're speaking and listening and speaking to Father so that you can hear him. And some people are like, well, like literally hear him? I will tell you, I've never physically, I've never audibly heard the voice of God. I've told you before, can God speak? Yes. All the kids in our nursery wing can make noises and speak. I'm sure the Almighty, if he wants to, can do the same. He hasn't in my life, but that doesn't mean if, if, if somebody else has heard him audibly, I'm not going to necessarily doubt them. I don't know, but you, you, the point is to figure and listen. For me, the voice of the Lord has been confirmed in his word and, and that stirring in, in my spirit where I'm like, Lord, I sense that's what you're leading. And it's often exactly the opposite of what I wanted, exactly the opposite of what I would have done, but it becomes the Lord's voice. In fact, when you become a person of the word and prayer, as a regular habit, a regular practice of just spending that quiet time listening for the Lord and, and just responding to him, um, often in discerning God's direction and voice, the minute you bring him into it, it's like it becomes clear. There's like crossroads where you go, Lord, I got these two options, I don't know. And as long as you're making lists of pros and cons, you're going around in circles. The minute you stop and say, Lord, what is your desire? It's like, oh, yeah, when I bring him into it, it becomes pretty obvious. Oh, yeah, you'd, you'd want me to walk this way, Father. And so, so many things become clear when you just do that. Other things, it takes a little time to discern and hear. But we got to do it because it's worth it. That's mountain-moving faith listens for his voice. It's the object of your faith, not the amount that moves mountains. 
And last thing, mountain-moving faith always requires a response of obedience. I know we always end up here, and you're like, are you always going to end up here? Yes, I am. Because real belief always impacts behavior. And it's consistent with every follower of God, follower of Jesus in the New Testament, always required a response of obedience. James 2, 14 through 18. James says it this way, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. See, what James is trying to tell us is faith without works is dead, because faith without works isn't faith. It's just talk. And we're in a culture where we throw the word believe. Oh, this is my belief. This is my belief. Well, I believe that... We, it's ridiculous. We sometimes will say, I'll listen to people in conversations, they'll say two absolutely contradictory, mutually exclusive beliefs in the same thing. Oh, I believe this. Oh, and I believe this. I'm like, you do understand if both of those were true, they, they can't be true-like, right? You know that. But we're not because we, we throw that word around. Belief always impacts behavior. And when I hear God say, you, I want you to take this step, faith is when I actually take the step. That's when I know that it is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and I take that step of faith. And that's where the power of God is released. The power of God is always released in obedience, folks. I've told you that a hundred times. But it's so true. You want to see the power of God? Take a step of faith based on what you know him to be saying. Something as simple as... God's talking about how you're spending your money. God's talking about how you're treating your spouse. God's talking about something with the kids. God's talking about something at work. I don't know. Take that step of obedience. Because that's where the real fruit of faith is born, through obedience. I just want to say, if you wonder why you don't see any mountains moving, take a look at what your behavior says about your belief. Because that's how you'll always know. What do I really believe? I'm behaving according. We talked about that last week. I'm behaving according to my real beliefs. And I just want to say, if you find yourself going, wow, my behavior is saying I don't believe, then there's a prayer I want to recommend to you. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. That's powerful. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. If you really want the real deal, if you want the authentic, if you want to experience this faith of ours the way we read about it, there is no shortcut. It is through this doorway we call faith. And here's the question I just want to leave you with. Um, Are you willing to let faith change you? Because it always does. What you truly believe, what you see, when you begin to see God as he really is, you begin to follow his leading, you are going to become someone that other people can't necessarily relate to. You just need to get used to that. And let me tell you, sometimes your family will be worst. They'll be the worst. And, And don't beat up on them. I mean, it's just they don't believe the same thing. They don't see the same things you see. And family, sometimes they care about us, so they feel like they have the right to just tell us. Okay? It's, just take it for what it's worth. They love you. They're telling you maybe they're too bold. Maybe they're even mean about it sometimes. But just know, it's because they, they don't see it, and they see you begin to follow this path. They see you walking something that they don't understand. 
And you just need to understand, people who don't believe, people who don't have faith, they don't see the same things. They're never going to applaud you because faith transforms us and we're now living by a different set of, of rules, a different, set, a different vision, a different understanding because we've had the curtain pulled back and we've seen the glory of the Lord. Are you willing to let faith really change you? Are you willing to let go of kind of a cultural hybrid and actually have the real deal? Because that's my prayer for us as a congregation. That's what I want us to experience. The real thing. A faith that is so powerful. Ultimately, the people around us have to take notice. Because understand, those same family members who they watch you now and they're like, you're crazy, man. I don't know why you're doing this. I don't know why you respond. I, I I don't get it. 20 years from now, because every step of faith, God moves and he responds and fruit is born. 20 years from now, you'll have some of those family members scratching their head going, man, there's something going on there. There's something happening. Because they see the outworking of your faith that has been real. God wants to do unbelievable things. God wants to move mountains. The question is, are we willing to follow him in faith and let him do that? the object of your faith, not the amount that moves mountains. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series, Rethinking Impossible, which is available right now on demand when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email that this program blessed you or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Please find the Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Reaching for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church, we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.